One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation. It's weird doing this on a Wednesday. We normally do this on a Monday. Apologies for the delay and uh, doing this one bank holiday to uh, we have an awesome guest and couldn't do Monday. Monday was tricky for me. Um, so we Good to move it. Unfortunately, Dan was going to be here. Dan's had a, a bit of a hold up at work, so there's no Dan tonight. Um, but uh, that's okay. Uh, I do have a amazing filling. <laughs> say filling uh, guest for this evening, uh, who's going to uh, chop the bit with me, mm-hmm. and we're going to cover off a lot of really interesting topics. So let's bring him in now. So um, He's part of the Fantasy Six Pack crew. You might have seen him on Twitter. You might not know. You might have played in the league with him. I play in a few leagues. In fact, we just uh, started co-owning a guillotine league uh, together this week. It's Joe Bond. Joe, welcome to Five Year Rush. We've talked a long time, but you've never been on, so I'm really glad that you're here. How you doing, my man? Hey, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, we have talked a long time. Like you said, we're we're, we're in that league now. Uh, thankfully, uh, you know, I've got you helping me out because it's my first time in one of those and. They are they are a different beast for sure, but uh, glad to be here, man. Yeah, mate, it's good to have you. And yeah, guillotine leagues are they're a lot of fun. They're they're very very different because it's that long, that long wait. Especially if so, you know, Joe and I are picking in the eleven. So we were having a debate this morning about taking a uh, an elite QB in the fourth round, and people think, well, fourth round that's really early. But it it was pick sixty three or eighty three that we were going to be taking a QB, and it's like that eighty three just seems too late. 
if there's a run on, you miss your guys. Uh, you're really stuck. And if you don't get a good one there in a, in a guillotine league and you're out week one, you know, yeah. you're kind of stuck. So it's, 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 a, it's a difficult spot. Um, and that's where you've got to think a bit differently in a guillotine league because it's not just even getting your guys. It's 18 team league. It's uh, if you don't get it right, you're out week one. <laughs> right. Yeah. We've been looking uh, at like the first three or four weeks of the schedule and be like, Hmm, this guy has a really nice schedule for the first four weeks to let us survive a little bit longer. <laughs> and that's you know, it. You know, you, it's crazy. You can't, you can't look beyond that. You want to have a keep a, like an eye on the players and, um, but it, it is it is a tricky one. And uh, if you're interested in playing a get a team league, I did write a guide. It's on Fantasy Pros. I think it's part of the um, draft kit. Um, you can find it on there, and I'll reshare a link out. Uh, but get team leagues are fun. But uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about you, Joe, because you know, said we've been speaking for a few years now, and um, it's good to to finally have you on here. So you, for those that aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your your specialty, because you you know you are a a rankings guru you've got a lot of a top five top 10 finishes on fantasy pro rankings and um you know tell us a little bit about your history and and then also a little bit about fantasy six pack for for those that um perhaps aren't familiar say this side of the pond who who perhaps not heard, heard too much about fantasy six pack guys yeah so again uh joe bond uh, i've been doing this uh since 2010 i guess wow. writing running my own site yeah you know, the beginning was just sort of like whatever i just kind of did it and didn't really take it much, take it very seriously. Jumped into the rankings, and that's when things kind of changed for me. Um, got you know, got into the the fantasy pros rankings widget and things like that, and had some success with it early. Not as well as recently, but um, where where I had the the two five, five, top five finishes uh, two years in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean things things are growing. So you know the site fantasy six pack.net we do fantasy football obviously we do baseball we do hockey we do basketball we do golf we do dfs we do betting we do tennis we do a lot of stuff so you know the idea of it was six pack of sports um and so we always try to keep at least six going all at once so we've got a lot of writers um and then you know this year the the new big thing is our fantasy football subscription packages um, the big one that you know we suggest signing up for is the all access plan, which gives you access to everything. So we've got our draft cheat sheet. If you still need one right now, all of our rankings are behind them. We're gonna have in season content behind it, including all of our DFS tools and and you know articles with that, and then all of our betting picks and things like that. The the other the coolest thing about it is you get access to our Discord channel, so you'll have direct access to me and you know all the other rankers and writers on on our site. Direct access to us. We'll be doing AMAs. We'll be dropping uh, content on the Discord channel specifically for those members. And uh, yeah, fantasy6pack.net slash plans is where it's at. It Definitely do check it out. It's some amazing content on there. These guys and you know. I think I first came to find your site more around IDP when people weren't putting out a ton of IDP content. You got some great IDP writers and uh, uh, and content on there. So um, yeah, definitely do not just for IDP, but I'm just saying that's how I found you. Uh, but definitely do <laughs> check out everything that the guys are doing there because there's a lot of really really smart content um, on the site. And yeah, do check out the plans because there's definitely a lot of uh, tips and tricks you're going to get. They're going to help you win your league. So, um, is there any, in terms of, 
something special you're doing this year particularly with the six pack other than the plans is there uh, like a a major content thread you're going to be pushing this year that that people should keep an eye on whether it's the free plans or the content plans um nothing truly new this year i mean we're, we're bringing back our death charts which which we uh which we dropped last year the the guy who did them couldn't couldn't uh couldn't take the time to f- fill them out last year, uh, but we're bringing those back, and those those have a fantasy f- uh, spin on them. So it's not your typical like first team, second team, third team NFL depth chart. It's like your, you know, your starter or your running back committee one A one B, you know, and then you're like your third down back, your you know your your actual handcuff you know type of back. So it's like a fantasy football depth chart, not a NFL team death chart so that's kind of cool um we do have our dynasty trade um analyzer not not a, it's not a tool it's just like a, a trade calculator uh, trade calculator no sorry it's just like a table that, that gives you values uh that's going to get updated at least once a month probably more uh, but uh the big the big update will be monthly and then like obviously if injuries happen we'll we'll, we'll jump in and, and fill it in update it from there um but you know the big thing is just i mean we're <laughs> The, the weekly rankings, we've got a DFS stack tool. Uh, we've got a DFS projection t- tool that, that we push out. Um, those were pretty new last year, so really hoping to get some more eyes on those this season as well. Awesome. That's really cool. Good to hear. And like I said, do check out everything over there um, at Fantasy Six Pack. And, you know, if you want to engage with Joe and perhaps ask a few questions before you want to sub, you know, details are just here and I'll put them in the link as well. And I'll put a link to uh, the pages. But definitely do go check out the content. I said, it's, it's not just Joe, he's a great team of writers over there. Some really, really smart guys who um consistently finishing top of the rankings, near the top of the rankings in. Um, in the fantasy pros contest and you can see all the uh, finishes they've had because there's a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy pros branding on your site from all the top finishes you've had so um definitely do go check it out in terms of tonight's show so most drafts would have happened a few people will be drafting this weekend i feel like if you haven't got a draft plan now and you haven't bought the fantasy football playbook it is on amazon it's on sale by the way it's 12 pound 49 you should definitely buy a copy of that um uh, and but if you haven't got a plan, I feel like you know you might have missed the boat, um, or maybe you're going to cram at the weekend, and that's fine. We've got some great <laughs> content that you can go and listen to. Um, we just did all the positional reviews, so definitely go check those out. <clears throat> I think this is the part of the season that, for me, I, as a fantasy football degenerate, and you as well, Joe, I feel that this is the part of the season where if you didn't draft as well as you could have done. You maybe made a few mistakes. You took Clyde Marlon Mack, for example. This is the stage where you can get a leg up on everybody and do some correction, some course correction between now and next Thursday before people catch up, where you can get a bit of a jump in your leagues and you can start to get yourself, not necessarily on the right path, but you can definitely start to get a leg up on on a few folks. And so we're going to share some fantasy tips and tricks that we've done over the years uh, for stuff that you should be doing between now and week one for your rosters, whether that's just doing a comprehensive review, seeing what other people are, lining up trains, um, potential waiver wire um, players to keep an eye on. But just as well, we'll, we'll start to think about some in-season strategy, early in-season stuff that, again, if you didn't execute the draft the way you wanted to, or if you smashed your draft and you're in a really good position, some things that you can do. So... With that in mind, Joe, if you, 
we've all done it. We've all probably done it this season. We've walked away from a draft thinking, look at that team now that I drafted in in June. I'm thinking, oh, I don't love that team. Um, <laughs> what are some of the things, if you're in that situation now, week, week and a day to go, that you would be considering? And what's your thought process now to the types of things you would do to course correct that team? Uh, and appreciate it's going to be different per situation. Depends on the type of team we're looking at. But if, say, you're not happy with uh, a number of players on that team, there could be some injuries, some pop news, um, could be anything. Um, what are some of the things that you would be doing now to try and course correct that team so that you don't lose three, four, five games early on in the season and be out of playoff hunt? I think number one would be maybe trade some of these guys that are getting a lot of helium right now, like a lot of hype that maybe don't deserve it. Uh, you know, you're getting these guys that are getting a lot of hype because, oh man, this team cut running back a, you know? And so this, this guy's going to be awesome. And like, he's getting like bumped up the list a lot to where, you know, a week ago we were like, yeah, I'm not so sure about this guy. Um, and so if a guy is getting a lot of hype and you can get, a much better drafted player for him, 100% I would do it. Um, now, you know, the league might be too savvy for that, but, you know, it's, you know, I'm kind of looking at, like, the Damian Pierce's right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I look, I'm all in on him, too, at this point. Not all in, but, like, look, I, you know, I'll take a chance on him, but I've seen his ADP just absolutely get out of control at this it's point. Exploded, isn't it? People are going crazy for him. And, like, maybe they're right. I just, hard to believe that a running back on a really bad team, by the way, is going yeah. to do very well when he was, what, a fourth-round draft pick? Yeah. Um, he just had no competition on that team. I mean, that's really what they were. He looked good, fine, but I'm I'm a little hesitant. You know, if somebody wants to trade you a more trustworthy running back or if you are, you know, if you drafted him late or picked him up off waivers in between now and your, in your draft and you're just sitting on him as like an extra luxury piece at this point, and you need a receiver, go get that receiver, right? Uh, do what you need to do to build build up your team and, and make up for any any in, in, uh, inefficiencies. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think there's some, some great candidates that people would have drafted very late. Damian Pierce, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. These yeah. are the types of players that right now I'd be cashing those chips in if you can. Um I'm thinking of there's definitely a few receivers out there. Um, People will want to get a little bit in on the LaVisca Chenault. I hope you haven't drafted LaVisca Chenault, by the way, because (laughs) that's where you went wrong. Like if you, if you've already, unless you're in a deep league or a dynasty league, if you draft in this, in a a 12 team, 16 round redraft and you drafted LaVisca Chenault, I can't help you. Like you're, you're not beyond help, but you are, you're kind of already steered off the course. But it, let's say you're in a deep league. LaVisca Chanel, someone someone loves him somewhere and is going to be excited that he's ended up in Carolina. I don't know why, but someone will find a buyer, sell him, uh, get something for him. Um, but I definitely think you're right. I think if you've got those players on your roster that have had significant ADP bumps, I'm all for trading them and trying to get what you can. I would think as well, if you look at your team now and you think, even if you don't have those players, 
if you look at your team now and you think it's massively arrowed down in the last few weeks, let's say, for example, Brian Robinson, unfortunate what happened to him, but at the end of the day, the situation is the situation. If you have players that perhaps have uh, been cutless or players that just haven't really haven't had the opportunities you would expect um, or players coming into the season with injuries, maybe like a JK Dobbins who might miss week one mm-hmm. and you're in that kind of situation, Michael Gallup who might miss week one and you have too many of those sorts of players to where you're going to struggle. I think you've got to trade your, your, your biggest asset, whether that's uh, top of the board, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, or whether that's a top wide receiver. I think you've got to think about trading. If your team has one or two stars and just a load of average players, you're better off trading those players now, especially if they've held ADP. So Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, um, Cooper Cup, these players who, who are still pinnacle players before anything has happened. I think if your team is in really bad shape, you need to think about trading one of those pieces as hard as it is. And it's hard to win a league without them, but it's even harder to win a league with them and no one else on your roster. Yeah. Uh, your team's got to be in pretty dire straits to do that, but I, I, I've done yeah. it before. Actually, my team was horrible. Like four years ago, does everybody got hurt within like two yeah. weeks? And this was when Julio Jones was still a stud and I traded Julio Jones. I started out 0 four missed the playoff by one game. <laughs> because I traded Julio for like, you know, I think it was three above average players, and it helped me more than Julio Jones by himself. So I get it. It is in a in it's it's so hard to be like, what do you mean I'm trading Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey? It, it is tough, but you can get it. You know, the some of the parts, but mm-hmm. like when you're replacing guys that are gotten hurt or got you know things like that, and you just yeah. have holes all over your lineup it there are times where that makes sense yeah and the the other way the other way to do it probably the easiest way to do it if you don't want to go that extreme is if you have a not a not a josh allen or justin herbert but if you have that next tier of qb uh patrick mahomes uh kyla murray lamar jackson that prescott joe burrow range player um the drop off from them to say Kirk Cousins, who's probably on the waiver wire, uh, is going to be about forty to fifty points over the season, maybe sixty. If you can get a really good trade where you can pick up Cousins and start him, and then pick up players that are going to bridge that gap over the season. So, if you're stuck at running back and you can trade Patrick Mahomes for a good level RB2 and a good level wide receiver too. They're going to more than bridge the 60-point trade. So, yeah, you know, that's the sort of thing. You know, there's a few... You don't necessarily have to trade your absolute stud. It's maybe you trade your elite quarterback, um, take the trade down to someone like Cousins, uh, Derek Carr, even Tua. And again, we're talking mostly one QB, right? Because in a two QB, yeah. these players won't be available. But those players will probably be available on your waiver wire. If you can pick up one of those guys and trade off your, especially someone like Mahomes, who I think is, is is for me, his value is always at the start of the season higher than what it will be at the end of the season. It's a guy back-to-back RB4 finishes. He goes off the board traditionally, quarterback two, quarterback three. So he's already higher than where he has been finishing the last couple of seasons. I get it, you know, former MVP, Super Bowl winner. We know he's 
arguably the best quarterback in football, but perennially with these last couple of finishes, diminished weapons, he could finish potentially lower this year. These are the sorts of things I think if, if I had Patrick Mahomes on my team and I was thinking, I don't have a good RB2 or a good wide receiver two right now, and I can find someone who's willing to trade both those pieces for me, I'm doing it. Because I think you, again, some of all parts is, is greater than the whole. And I think that's what you could potentially be doing if you can get yourself a couple of players that way. So if you don't want to trade Jonathan Taylor or, or Christian McCaffrey, maybe trading one of those elite quarterbacks, taking the trade down to a late round QB and trying to pick up some additional pieces. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it time and time again, right? You know, you can, you've got to do it right, but you can stream quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And do very, very well in your league, if not win it. Uh, yeah. I've, I've done it. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I didn't hit on my QB one. And I just start picking up the the cousins one week, and then I go back and pick. Uh, I don't even know. I, one year I won it with Jameis Winston. I mean, the year he went thirty for thirty. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. You know, (laughs) 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns. But, you know, he was just chucking chucking the ball down the field. So why not, right? And, And so... You know, look, you're going to have week where Car- weeks where Carson Wentz does well. You've just got to play it right. So, but I, you know, I like Cousins this year, and I think he's he's always underrated. Uh, yeah. He's not sexy. He's not, you know, he's not going to boom most games. Dude finished QB 11 two years in a row. So, yeah, if he's sitting out there and you've got one of these top guys and you reached for him early and you're kind of paying the consequences, mm-hmm. you know, in other positions, yeah, that's a, that's a great piece of advice. I like that. Yeah, I would I do think, that more than trade JT than hundred <laughs> percent. So would I? But you don't want to start with the headline because otherwise, <laughs> yeah. I just think there's a few different ways to skin the cat. But I think Absolutely. what you've got to do is you've got to think about the roster you have, and more importantly, you've got to look at who potentially you're playing in the league in those first couple of weeks. Because at the other point of this is, if you're playing against potentially the two or three strongest rosters in the league in the opening weeks you might be better off just going 0-2-0-3. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but you could make these big roster moves waiting for some injury players to come back and still lose. And that's the other thing you've got to weigh up. Yep. Is what is the likelihood of, if you made these trades, are those differentials going to be enough to get you competitive in the first couple of weeks? Or are you playing potentially the two strongest rosters in the league, in which case... Maybe you just sit and wait the first two weeks. You take your medicine. You go 0-2. You play the waiver wire. You see who gets hurt week one, and you go that way. I think the, the key you've got to do is you've got to evaluate 
everything. You've got to evaluate everyone's roster in the league. I've always recommended a notebook. I have a notebook of every league and think about notations of who I'm playing, especially the leagues I really care about. There might be a few leagues I don't do that in because it's quite a lot, but especially <laughs> the home leagues and, and the ones that get very personal, um, I do. And think about where I roughly evaluate myself. And if I think, yeah, my roster's in decent shape. I don't need to do too much. Um, then maybe I'll just play the wire and see how I get on. Let the first couple of weeks shake themselves out and don't panic. If I'm in a position where my roster's really bad, but I have some winnable games early, I'm making the moves. Because I think if you can turn 0-2 into 2-0 with a couple of smart roster moves and trades, you've got to consider doing that. Because it's so much easier. As you said, you made roster moves... You probably did it a week too late. If you'd made that roster move for Julio one week earlier, you could have got that extra win stuck in mm-hmm. the playoffs. But if you're playing the strongest teams in, in your league in the first couple of weeks, maybe you just eat the losses, play the waiver wire, spend your fab if you're in a fab league. or collect. You know, the other advantage to this is if you're not in a fab league and you're in a, a traditional waiver claim league and you're playing the two strongest leagues, maybe losing the first couple of weeks, considering what we've seen the last few years with players that go down, very early is almost advantageous and i'm not saying you should deliberately tank and lose games because it's harder to come back yes but if you make roster moves and it's not going to help you win maybe you just sit and eat it see who comes on the waiver wire play try and see if you get lucky with you know last season patterson got, right i mean patterson, like, Elijah Pat- Mitchell. robinson two years ago yeah i mean you know they, Lindsay before like that crazy um, there's some players that will come up and, and will definitely definitely help you in week one and week two. So, you know, evaluate where you think you're going to be. Evaluate if you think you can get a win. And, and again, I think if you're in a situation where you can turn 0-2, and 0-3 and into 1-2, and 2-1, and 1, I think you've got to make the moves. If you don't and you think you're going to be 0-2, and 0-3 and regardless, just eat it and just see... Um, see so you get on unless those injuries are more longer term and, and you're and you're really struggling. So um, that's the first thing I would say. In terms of for you, what are you looking for, Joe? Now in the final week, so we've had the roster cuts. Yes, we're going to get some news of players like Tony Michelle going to the Chargers, and people will get mm-hmm. overexcited and spend fab on him. And good luck to anyone who wants to do that. Like go nuts. Um, um, and then you're going to have other players not necessarily, but essentially we're not going to see a lot of big headline player movement that's going to really swing the needle in the next few days. Uh, maybe on the defensive side of the ball, you'll see a bit more than I'd say the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. but for fantasy football, I don't think you're going to see a lot. So what are you looking for in the final, this this sort of week now for uh, news, whether it's coaching news or, or play news, uh, you're looking at dev charts. You, what are you kind of really focusing on now to to make sure you've got all the information for for week one? I think I think it's kind of what you and I were talking about before the show. You know, we were kind of like tweaking our rankings a little bit before the show. Sony Michelle finally just signed, right? And kind of knew that was coming with the Chargers, but it wasn't official. Um, but just, I don't really think that has a, a enormous effect on Eckler, but you got to think about the ripple effect elsewhere, right? So people were kind of still ha- holding out hope for Spiller. Uh, it's kind of gone now. Uh, I mean, he's been banged up, not looking great anyway. So now Michelle, like, yeah, not a pass catcher per se, but, you know, he's going to be, you know, 
he's going to be somebody who's going to get touches and we've seen him perform well in short little spurts. Right. So I think, you know, you look at that and when it comes to like your roster, right. And so I've got a couple of leagues out there where we drafted in July as a late round flyer running back. I took Spiller. Mm-hmm. I'm probably dropping him and who knows, maybe I'll go pick up Michelle if he's sitting out there. Like I don't love Michelle, but he's better than Spiller at this point. So, you know, that's just another piece of advice for you to do. Like you've got to evaluate your rosters and, and those dart throws you took at the end of your draft, if they're not going to look, they don't, they're not looking good at this point. Uh, and their, their opportunity is diminished from what you thought it was going to be. Go get the next guy, right? Go get the Michelles, go get, um, you know, Algier is somebody who has been creeping up and still might be out there. I'm looking at his, uh, um, his, his roster percentage, uh, yeah. on Yahoo and ESPN is like low and mid twenties. I mean, That's he's crazy. out there, right? So like these types of players who you can take complete flyers on for free before they might pop. You know, that's what you want to do. You want to you want to be a week early and not a week late, yeah. right? So, go out there and you know if you you took a a Ronald Jones who seems yeah cool he made the fifty three but is anybody feeling good about that one anymore? No, yeah. right? Drop him and go get you know Zamir White if somehow he's still out there or. Khalil Herbert, who's getting who's getting a lot of hype now, you know he, his roster ship percentage is, is super low. He's not out there in any of my leagues. I'm surprised looking at these roster percentage numbers. Like it's nuts how low they are. Yeah. Um, you know you can go grab the uh, any one of the Baltimore backup running backs at this point. You know Drake is now there. Drake's uh, the guy I'd be getting. I'd be right. I'd, yeah, I'd, I just, I'd be going to get Drake now. Um, I did this. I did this in four leagues yesterday, all for this morning. As soon as Marlon Mack was cut, and I was like, "He's not going anywhere. Like he's probably going to go back." And it's now looking more and more likely he's going to remain on the um, Texans on the practice squad. I'm like, I don't want Mack now. It's a, no point in having Mack. Um, I just went and got Drake as a straight up replacement, zero dollar yeah, bid. No one else. No one else wants Drake. Like no one's going to go. Like. I, I got in, in all four leagues where I had Marlon Mack in my redraft team um, immediately on the leagues I could make roster moves. There's a few I, I can't yet. Um, immediately went out there and just signed Kenyon Drake for free. Zero dollar bid. And um, got him in all four. And I think he, he is nailed on to play week one. He's nailed on. Like, it's going to happen. I mean, he, you got to think, right? I mean, they're already talking. So we know Gus Edwards is out. right? Four weeks minimum. Four weeks at least. Uh, they're already talking Dobbins might not be ready for week one. Everybody was sort of like, as soon as we heard J.K. Dobbins might not play week one, it was sort of like, oh, all right, let's go get Mike Davis. Well, then they signed Drake, and you're like, well, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a good idea anymore. But who knows? It could be either one of those guys, honestly. Um, well, I think they both have a role. I, mean, I, think, I think Davis will get the, the early down work, and I think Drake gets the receiving work and, and the late down work. And I think when you're playing in the – in the Ravens' backfield, and you, this is the same situation. We, it's like we've seen this movie with the yes. Ravens. This is exactly what happened last year. They lost Edwards, they lost Dobbins, and they had this weird combination of guys, and it was hot hand stuff. Now, if you're going to ask me who is going to be more explosive on their touches between Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake, give me Kenyon Drake, because we Absolutely. know that this guy has pedigree. He has done it. did it in Arizona. I know it didn't quite work out for him in, in, in um, Vegas of the Raiders, but 
he still did all right. When he had touches, mm. he was productive. It just he didn't get enough of them. And that's John Gruden, and we're not going to get into that. But every time Drake has had an opportunity, he tends to have done... Re- I'm not saying he's an elite back, but he tended to do reasonably well. We've seen what Mike Davis is. Mike Davis is a plodder. He'll get you 4.3 yards a carry. He has moments. You know, he had that great season when he stepped in for Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. But he tires quickly. He he has those sort of big weeks early, and then he, he, he plateaus. And I just think, give me the guy who's going to get the receiving work, especially the PPR league, because I think it's a 50-50. Um, but I think Drake is more likely to ride that hot hand more. Um, almost that where Devonta Freeman was... You know, peaking at a couple of weeks last year, yeah. last season. I, for them. I, I, I think agree. that's the I kind agree. of role he's walking into. So, Kenny Drake's on a lot of a lot of waiver wires right now. So you can you can pick him up. He's free. Uh, I think. I, think uh, I saw it was like seven percent. Yeah, right now, I mean, and you know, that up. might be you know. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's real time updated. This I'm using the I use Fantasy Pros because they give you like Yahoo and ESPN both together on the same you know page here as far yeah. as roster ship percentage, but. Uh, so this could be a little off. If you actually go to the league, it might be higher, but it's still see, insanely low. Find, yeah, I so I tend to find sleeper is accurate to within 24 hours. So Kenyon Drake's roster percentage on sleeper is 24%. Yeah. So And I think yesterday that was around about 6. So it has climbed. So it's climbed. It's climbed yeah. significantly. Um, I give you some players who are, Mike Davis, 31%. Another player I'd consider now that um, Marlon Mack's gone is Rex Burkhead. We saw how productive he was at the end of last season. I get it's a bad offense, but I don't think Damian Pierce is getting 100% of that role. We're kind of no. seen as a two-headed, three-headed monster. I think the change of pace back is going to remain Rex Burkhead for as long as he's fit, which could be about 20 minutes, but... You know, he's seven percent owned. He's someone that is uh, is potentially of, of interest. So I think you know, if you're sitting there with with players and you're thinking, okay, how do I progress? There's a few players out there right now that I think you can you can get. Raheem Mostert, you know, he's, he's still available in sixty percent of leagues. Mm-hmm. And again, who benefits more that Michelle's gone? It's Mostert. Mostert is clearly the number two on that roster. He's someone that is um, he's one injury away from being a very highly relevant back. So he's someone I, I think is is really interesting if he's on your lead, if he's on your waiver wire. So I think there's, there's a lot of really interesting players um out there that you can you can pick up and I would be using those trending players on on sleeper if you play on sleeper and just having a look and thinking mm-hmm. is what I've got on the bench better than Kenyon Drake for week 1? I'd argue in a few cases you could probably make a case for for Kenyon Drake in week one. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, I think you would have to have drafted very poorly to start Kenyon Drake week one, but um, I'm you know, deeper leagues and I'm sure sadly there are teams out there that did, <laughs> but uh, you know, we know that the Ravens are going to want to run the ball. And so that is highly in their favor. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think there's some interesting plays that you can make here, and I think I think the point we're trying to make is that your roster should have a couple of spots there that are fluid. That you should have guys, unless you've got a stacked roster and you drafted like a god. Which fair play if you did that, you know, 
you should probably be running a fantasy football podcast. But if you if you have leagues where you think, yeah, I've got a couple of guys, people got injured using your IR um, players like Gus Edwards, for example, and you drop him in the IR people on pop. You think, oh, I've got a spot open. You know, I, I just think you got to you got. I always like to play when I'm thinking about my roster, and you always take a chance on flyers, like you say, that either pan out or they don't pan out. I'm looking at my rosters and thinking, oh, I've got, and I've got a lot of players, especially in deeper leagues, as you say, where you're going 19, 20 plus rounds, and you're thinking, I've got a roster decision between Mike Davis or, um, you, you know, Rashad White or Rashad White and, uh, I'm just have to pull up a chat, pull up, uh, Deontay Foreman. Or players like that, where you've got yeah. these, you've taken a chance on maybe some handcuffs, and you're thinking, okay, maybe I, or maybe you did what I did in a couple of leagues, and you bet that um, Ke- uh, Kareem Hunt was going to get cut or traded, and you took Dernis Johnson, you know, and you think, okay, well, that's not panned out. And it's fine. You take these swings for a reason. Maybe these are the guys that you shift off your roster and recycle them to go and get a Kenyon Drake who is going to play week one and you see what you do. So if you're in those deeper leagues and you took shots on guys, um, thinking they're going to get a bigger role, maybe to an injury in camp or something that happens, these are the guys that are worth um, definitely worth picking up um, in, in, dra- in, in drafts or free agency right now because they're in a good spot to, to and really... honestly even even if you have a pretty good team i mean let's be honest nobody's team is gonna i won't say nobody's no. most people's teams aren't going to be just fully loaded right unless no. it's a kind of a shallower league or you know i'm sure there's other circumstances but you know like um i i'm looking at my warrior bowl league and now this is pretty deep but you know i drafted matt burita yeah, like been last round everywhere, and I and I looked on the waiver wire just now because we're talking about it, and I was like, "Oh, that's one of the leagues I've been forgetting about because we drafted so long ago." Guess who's there? Matt Breeder. He's a, he's eight percent owned on sleep. Yeah, but huh? Kenyon Drake is sitting. Oh, Kenyon Drake's still there. I'm swapping him a hundred percent. Like it's so Kenyon Drake that's on my Warrior Bowl team. That was one I did pick up yesterday because of the fact that uh, I had Marlon Mack. It might be a warrior ball team. So well, it's just so like here's the other thing too. Like even even if you have a really good team, like you've probably got a couple guys that you that you drafted in the back back end of your draft, and you're going, okay, you know they could be good, they could not be good. Well, look, I think we're all sort of in agreement here that Drake is going to find a role early, and you know maybe carry some value. And look, what if he just absolutely goes off week one? Yeah, I mean we all know. Dobbins is right around the corner if he doesn't play week one. So we know the most leagues and in, in your league mates will know that, you know, he's not a RB one value the rest of the year, but you know, you, you could just then turn a waiver wire pickup after one week of good play. Somebody that you kind of don't need if your yeah. team's good enough profit from it. Right, yeah. then trade him and get whatever you can for him be- before the bottom falls out, before Dobbins and Edwards comes back, and then who knows what Drake's going to be at that point? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, we're not predicting the Kenyan Drake. This is the the Kenyan Drake, uh, you know, two point breakout season. Like we're not predicting that, but you're thinking short term as you're saying players that you can flip. 
you want to find players that are going to increase in value to find a way to flip them for something or you know as you say someone if, if Kenya Drake goes for let's say he goes for a hundred combined yards in week one right someone is going to pay for him 100%. someone will pay something for him 100 percent so and that's not outside the realm of possibilities here we're not talking about something here that is you know he could go for 65 receiving yards and 35 yards rushing and all of a sudden Kenyon drake against we're talking at the new york jets this is a highly i don't think it's highly likely but it's it's a, it's in the range of outcomes that is possible in week one against the new york jets that if Kenyon drake gets 100 combined yards in week one you'll be able to flip him for something. And if you don't, you've lost nothing. Like, you you literally will lose nothing by doing this. Because you can pick him up for zero dollars, unless you've got lots of people in your league listening to this. Then in which case, that <laughs> you know, maybe we start a bidding war and we artificially inflate uh, his price. But Matt Breeder's another one. Now, Matt Breeder, for me, the fact that he's 8% owned is ridiculous. It's it, and I think that eight percent is probably you, me, and about three other people taking him in about every league, because um... you can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. You equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I lost you there. You still there? there yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just um, no, get over my cold, so I had to cough real quick. <laughs> You're fine. Matt Breeder is one is one play away from being an every down back for the for the New York Giants. Yeah, I agree. And, and with Saquon, Saquon is not you know we we know, we know what happens with Saquon, and yeah, maybe they go and get another guy. Maybe they go and get a guy off waiver wire. Uh, maybe they go and sign Marlon Mack afterwards. Now he's on the practice squad um, if he goes down. But there's not that many talented running backs out there that are waiting to get paid over Matt Breeder. And Matt Breeder is someone that Brian DeBall knows. It's someone he's coached in Buffalo that he has signed very early, very specifically to be his guy if something happens. So, yeah, Matt Breeder, for me, if you're sitting in a league, you've got a lot of spare space. Maybe you've got some IR spots that have opened up for someone like Gus Edwards or, uh, you know, you've got a player on the pup. Or, you know, like I said, you drafted guys for shots. Uh, Trey Sermon was a guy I've got a lot of that, I'm now quite happy to dump because he's yeah. done nothing in the preseason. I was quite happy to take the shot thinking, hey, I think he could shine in preseason. You never he's know. He's got the draft capital over Eliza Mitchell. Maybe he gets out of the doghouse like Brandon Ayuka seemed to be out of the doghouse. Mm-hmm. And I thought, for what you're getting him for, it's worth a spin. It's not work. That's fine. You dump him. You bring him out, Breeder. Those are the kind of shots. And th- these are the kind of moves that well, league champions make because if you get Matt Breeder now, and then let's say Saquon, something happens to Saquon week one. 
you've just saved 50 bucks in a fabric. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, so let me ask you. So if you're looking at my bench here, now, granted, uh, Warrior Bowl Superflex. Yeah. So, you know, I think my cuttable players are Brita, Van Jefferson, Christian Watson, and my backup tight end is Irv Smith. I took one. My starter tight end is Hawk. So, like, I technically don't need one. Uh, it's just that's a deep league. What do we have, like, eight bench spots? So, it was kind of like, yeah. fine, I'll take a backup tight end because there was not a whole lot else out there. Um, but would you keep Brita and cut a Van Jefferson or a Watson instead? I'd, if if I'm honest, it probably cuts. <laughs> yeah, because you've got if you've got Hawkinson. Now the only thing with Hawkinson is the week six buy, but it is early. It is early. That's my only thing. But I'm trying to think of who else. Like, dude, the tight end room is. Uh, well, the, the uh, thing is, the receivers are worth more than the running backs in that league. So the way that the scoring is weighted in that particular league. I would I would stash the wide receivers. Um, yeah, but aren't tight ends even more valuable? Yeah, that's true. Maybe you do cut breeding. I mean, like, dude, I'm looking at the tight ends available. By the way, it's like Tyler Conklin. Donald oh, okay. Well, then, no, I mean, it's Smith. it's yeah, atrocious. Yeah. It was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and yeah, that's uh... so it it's pretty bad. I mean, I could I dude, I could go out and pick up like an AJ Green right now if I wanted to. Like, there's yeah. some, there's receivers out there. So like, I feel like cutting him would be not the smartest. I'm kind of leaning a Van Jefferson, honestly. Maybe Van I'm, Jefferson. Yeah, that maybe hold on to Brita just because. Yeah, my receiver, my running back room is Jamal Williams. Uh, or Javante Williams, Came Akers, Kareem Hunt, and then it's and then I just loaded up on like guys, you know, Mike Davis, Matt Breida, Devin Singletary, <laughs> just loaded up on dudes. Yeah, so I think it's yeah, I could it's swap definitely... I could swap Van Van for that instead. Yeah, let's, let's because that. there's going to be another Van Jefferson type <clears throat> player out there on the waiver wire at Most some point. That position's so deep, so uh, it's definitely one that you can you can do. So that's what I mean. These are the sorts of moves that. You, you should be thinking about and then also as well what you should be thinking about is if you even if you're not going to make these moves now these are the sorts of moves that you should be thinking about uh maybe at kickoff maybe before sunday night football yes again if you're thinking about players who could all of a sudden you know you can't predict the future but we know that a big time running back is there's a there's a there's a like not a likelihood. I don't want to say that. It's harsh. There's a chance that a decent tier one running back gets injured on the opening weekend of the NFL season because that's what's happened in the previous two or three seasons. And it's not if it's not one that's have got a premier running or handcuff. You know, I'm thinking right now. You know, Miles Sanders. If he goes down, Boston Scott is going to be someone who is going to pick up a lot of work. Matt Breeder we've talked about. Um, you know, we're talking about maybe someone like Jeff Wilson if Eliza Mitchell goes down, because I don't think it's going to be Sermon after what we've seen. Those kind of situations are, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn if Fournette goes down. Because it's not going to be White. White's going to have a very defined role in this offense. It's not White is not the handcuff to Fournette. It it's 
it's Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be the handcuff. Maybe they divvy that role up between the two players. Yeah, I mean, but I don't, I don't think Vaughn is taking Fournette's role 100. percent Not I think entirely. It will, it will go, it will shift over to Wade a little bit. He'll get but, a 60 40 um, split of it. He'll get the yeah. groundwork, and Rashad White will get the receiving work. But you're still getting 60. percent And the, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is un, is undrafted. Like we're talking a guy with an ADP over 200. These are the sorts of players that if I'm not if I'm not going to take now, these are the guys that got starred in a queue literally before week one kicks off. If I've got an injury that happens over the next week, if I've got something that happens or progresses over the next few days, there's a week one injury. There's someone who gets magically cut or there's uh, someone that goes on to the pup or someone who tests positive for COVID goes on the COVID list. You know, that is still a thing yeah. in some states. And you have to move one of those plans to IR. I always like to have a short list of about 10 guys who I can just add at the last minute um, before a game kicks off. Even if I don't think they're going to have an impact, just because I think if something happened and they went up in value or in week one, if something happened that increased their value due to a situational aspect. Yeah, I mean, there's not even just that. Like, so... What one of the one of the guys who writes for our site and it does very well, especially in the in the draft rankings of fantasy pros, Richard Seville. I mentioned him to you because yeah. he's a fellow UK guy. Um, he is notorious for like stashing players. Like he'll go into his week and be like, "These guys are kind of ho hum. They're replaceable. I'm gonna go pick up a bunch of like, you know, stash guys." You know, maybe one or two every week. Just flip flop them every week and see who hits, right? Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll hit on like two or three of them every season, and he yeah. wins our fantasy six pack league way far too often, and it pisses me off because <laughs> you go to the waiver wire the next week and you're like, where is I don't know? Think of somebody who like started playing really well last year in like the middle of the season, right? And um, you're like, where is so and so? And you're like. Richard already has him? When the hell? You go back, you're like, he picked him up two weeks ago. Why? But he's just like, you got to think about that kind of stuff. And we're actually, that is something we're going to do. So we picked up uh, Herms. I don't know uh, if you know. Yeah, I love Herms. So we picked up Herms for our site this year. He's bringing it over his podcast, YouTube channel. The first one's getting released, I believe, tomorrow on our YouTube channel. can't wait. And then um, he's also going to be doing one of those articles where he talks about players to kind of advance stash you know guys to think about you know sunday before kickoff if you're benching so and so and he's just you know he's piddling along for four to five points a week not really doing you any good and you're thinking like oh he'll be good one day you know go pick up you know these other guys that you know if just the situation breaks right for them they can just blow up um but these guys are you know just they're the third or fourth receiver on the team and this seems kind of really unlikely that things are going to break right for them at this point. You know, he's he's going to be digging into that stuff. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing that article from him. But, you know, that that's another strategy. You've got to think ahead. You know, <clears throat> I'm in too many leagues to do that crap. So I just I can't. <laughs> I'd be spending 15 hours, you know, combing the waiver wire every single week if I if I did that. You know, I I don't have that kind of time. So. I suffer oh, I get, when yeah. it comes to that kind of stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, I, I do too, especially in some of these leagues where you do a little bit too much. Um, you know, you're playing in some of the more generic leagues and charity leagues in particular where you play yeah. those deep rosters. It definitely becomes a little bit more tricky. Um, I'm, good at setting my, I'm good at setting my rosters. 
I'm good at making my rankings. I am not good at like in-season roster management when it comes to add dropping and trading because I'm just in, you know, what, 12 to 15 leagues. It becomes a little a little much. So I'm not going to tell you how many. Unfortunately, I might be in more this year because I got talked into that guillotine league on Sunday, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" You know, I might have had a couple beers before I agreed to that. <laughs> and then, luckily, I was like, "Wait a minute, I don't know what a guillotine league. Is. I don't know how to play one of those." And I started typing on Google, and I was like, "Oh, Murph, hey, I know him. He'll play with me." <laughs> Found your article. I went. I went like a dream. I so I. Yeah, and I love another league as a, as a result. I um I so I do have, and this brings me, you brought me on a really nice um topic here, which is about in season uh, roster management. I, I wrote a section in the fantasy football playbook uh, around this, and in particular, I think there's certain weeks that you've got to think about your roster, right? You've got to think about how you manage your roster, and I kind of break it into chunks. In the season, I'm not going to give it all away, um, but in terms of, I think about my experiences. Um, so I think about the Warrior Bowl um, 2020, the, the inaugural year. Now I finished as the runner-up that year, and I lost it in the final quarter of uh, Monday Night Football um, to Steve Perkins, and it, and I talked about it a fair bit because it, it did hurt a lot. Um, but if you'd seen my draft that year, it was. It was borderline terrible. Like, the draft itself couldn't have gone much worse. There were a few stud players that really helped. Kamara, and there was a year he finished RB1, and uh, Josh Allen, um, who was undervalued, and there was a few players in there. But the rest of it was just real sort of scrub guys. It was just guys, just dudes. Nothing that really kind of hit home. And it took a lot of roster management. I turned over almost 80% of my roster that season. Wow. From what was drafted to what it finished with. There was not a lot of guys that left. And I mentioned this, that in terms of how I set this up, and I've tended to follow this formula for a few years, I'm thinking about breaking it into chunks. And it's these chunks that I think are really, really important. So weeks one to four, I'm attacking as many handcuffs as possible um, that aren't mine. So we've talked about that, players like Breeder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to get those players. But at the same point, I'm not trying to get too many. So I'm not drafting the elite handcuffs here. Now, if you've got players like Alexander Mattison, um, for example, Mattison's ownership. not handcuff anymore. <laughs> well, I, I agree. But in terms of the view of... Right, the landscape. Right, he is viewed as an elite. Your Pollards and your. Right. So Madison is currently seventy six percent owned. Right in on Sleepy, seventy six percent owned in Sleepy. Um, I just don't, I just don't agree with that. Like in terms of, I get it why he's owned because we're talking about picking up guys like Matt Breeder, right? And um, his ownership will drop by about 20 to 30 points by week five. So if you're going to pick these guys, and we've mentioned guys, but the guys we're mentioning are, are no cost, and they're guys that if they don't pan out in a week or two, you're going to drop and you've not paid anything. If you're going to drop Alexander Mattison, you've wasted a, effectively a 10th round pick. Um, so that's why I don't draft these guys. I don't draft a premium handcuff that high because 
unless they've got a standalone. Pollard's slightly different because he's got a standalone. Yeah, Pollard and Dylan, they've got standalone value. They've got standalone value for sure. So I, I can kind. I don't. I don't love taking them because they're very upside limited. Um, but I can see why players take them, and I can I can argue that case more. But someone like Alexander Matson, who's not going to get the ball when Cook is fit. Seeing that ownership go from 76, you know, two years ago, we, last year, his ownership pre-week one was 95%. So it dropped 40 points in five weeks. So this is why mm. I advocate going for like a couple of these sprinkle running backs that cost nothing. Um, uh, but then you're just being prepared to cut these guys off, off the roster. And then when you get into like weeks five through 10, this is where like your bye weeks um, tend to like really kick in. And this is when I stop acquiring handcuffs. Because in weeks 5 to 10, you need to have players who can literally just come onto the roster and, and make a contribution. So I tend to go from like having three handcuffs at, at like weeks 1 to 4 to going down to like 1 or 0 in like weeks 5 through 10. Because at that point of the season, you need guys who can come off the bench and play. Because at this point, anyone can get hurt in a warm-up. Anyone can get hurt in with COVID. Anyone could get off. Anyone could be removed from the starting lineup at any point. And you've already got players on by. So you've already got a really thin bench to play with weeks, say five, six through 10. So you, you can't have handcuffs because you're going to let them go if you need someone at last minute. So I tend to get a lot of guys who are flex plays and I'll go and get say a wide receiver two on a poor offense with a great matchup that week. Um, so yeah. thinking like the wide receiver two in Washington or the wide receiver two in Houston, if they've got a really desirable matchup Nico against a Collins. really poor offense. <laughs> yeah, Nico, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But those guys have, they'll be for out me, there. But exactly, they will be out. Van Jefferson, these are the sorts of players that will be out there in weeks five through 10 that will have flex appeal. They will have flex value that if you need to make a change at, say, 545. UK time, 12.45 Eastern time on the day before a game because someone got hurt in a warm-up or someone just mm-hmm. didn't dress or something happened. You're not having to make a change on the waiver wire to make that happen. You've got the guy on your roster, you put him in your flex and you're done. And I think at that stage of the season, you you can't have the handcuffs. I think if you're stashing too many handcuffs in weeks 5 through 10, you get into a situation where you're going to have to play someone very poor in your flex. Yeah, I think um, the only time you you hold the handcuff is if you've got the starter, you know. At that yeah. point, like I, I don't know, I've I've never I've never really liked having, um, you know, unless it's a deep league like Scott Fish, right? Twenty two rounds, you know. I'm not rostering Matt Breida in most in most leagues like that, you know, because he's kind of worthless, you know, at this point. Like, yeah, sure, he could boom. Um, but at, at what cost, especially in those weeks where you've got to churn bye weeks, in yeah. a, you know, players through bye weeks, having a guy like Matt Breida isn't yeah. helping you unless, you know, un- unless Barkley gets hurt. Yeah, which is why I think, you know, weeks one to four, weeks one to five, where there are no bye weeks, you can be a little bit more uh, proactive in picking up handcuffs because you haven't got the bye weeks to worry about. Since the bye weeks kick in, yeah, I think that's when you've got to think, I need to get these guys off my roster mm-hmm. and cut them. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you cut a guy 
then the opportunity comes up and you've let go a guy who you have. It happens. And it happens <clears throat> but it doesn't happen that often. Um, I tell you when I get really aggressive on waiver wire handcuffs again, and it's weeks 11 through 14. Playoff Because times. that, well, before the playoffs. Oh, Robo, and then yeah, the, getting ready, gearing up for it. Because at that stage of the season, play, especially you're talking about the, the teams with the later buys, when those running backs have been run hard for 10 weeks, those injuries start to occur and usage starts to drop off. I think, for example, you look at Najee Harris's usage from weeks one through nine, and then you look at it through 10 through 17, and they're like looking at two different players because he was on for record usage and then it dropped off a tail. The same goes with quite a number of players, but also injuries started to occur. Aaron Jones got injured that time of year last year. Um, I, I aggressively told people to pick up Rashad Penny um, because he was a premium handcuff out there and we know what happens with running backs and then he went off and, you know, the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. And 11 to 14 for me is that time to get really aggressive with handcuffs again. Because if you can get yourself, and it happens every single year, Rashad Penny last year, um, I think back a couple of years ago when Kareem Hunt got cut for from uh, the Chiefs um, for what he what he did for his indiscretion with uh, his lady in the elevator. Um with violence, violent conduct, mm-hmm. or whatever it was, and so Damian Williams became a league winner. We think about what happened with C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. You know these uh, these guys. There's always someone every single year in that 11 to 14 week schedule. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That emerges to the top of the pack and then becomes a league winner. Now, I'm not going to guarantee that we, you and I or, or the fantasy industry is going to pick that league winner every single year. But it can be done. And if you can have those guys on your roster prior to something happening, like Richard Penny last year... I think I said it on a podcast. I definitely said it on the Patreon cast because a few of the patrons said, oh my God, you told me to pick up Rashad Penny and now he's the lead back. Um, and that happens. Like it, 11 to 14 is when you're more likely to see those injury spikes, especially in running backs, if you look historically and opportunities start to occur. And then they need that week or two to get going. And then they explode for the fantasy playoffs. And you do not want your opponents in the playoffs to be getting those players. So... 
um, I've got a list here of players who won leagues that shouldn't have even been rostered. CJ Anderson, Damian Williams are talked about. Raheem Mostert uh, a yeah. couple of years ago. Uh, Rashad Penny last year. These are all players who, you know, if you if you pick them up in weeks 11 through 14, you won a league because of those players. And that's, you know, you've got to throw the bullets out there. And at that point, most of your players would have either gone through the buy. I know week 14 is a pretty nasty buy, but if you've got a team that's contending, let's say you've already racked up seven, eight wins, and week 14 is not going to matter to you, you're not playing for a buy, or you're going to make the playoffs or whatever, you can really just take a punt and just get a load of these guys on your roster and just see what happens. Because that could be the difference between you winning a championship or not. So yeah, it, it depends on where you are. In your, and you might not be able to do it, right? Because you might every win might be really, really critical and you might yeah. need to have every bench spot available. But if you have an opportunity to pick up these guys, I think it's an absolutely crucial part of strategy. And this is the part that people... This is where good players win fantasy leagues. It's stuff like this. It's it's not you. It's very rare that you'll win your league at the draft. It's the in-season roster management and doing these sorts of things. Oh, are the parts that turn good to great? I mean, you yeah. must have some. What are, what are some well, of the strategies? So one more thing at the end of the season, right? You know, like yeah. if if you know you're going in, if you play in a league with defenses, and I know it sounds crazy. Look ahead at the schedule, right? If you know, like, look, you've probably walked into the play, you know, you go into your fancy playoffs, you might be thinking, ah, oh, you know, I've got the Ravens, they're good. But what if they're playing Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and the Bills in the playoffs? You really want to risk that and get two points from your defense every week? Go out and pick some of these scrub defenses that are playing Jacksonville, Seattle, you know, you you can rack up points or go find, you know, somebody who's got their backup quarterback playing, you know, next week. You could also pick up an extra defense a week ahead because I'm telling you, in the playoffs, streaming defenses is the way to go. But you can be one week ahead, have two defenses on your team, one for week one, 15, one for week 16. Once the 15 week is done, go get 17s. Just be ready. I do it all the time, 100%. and I'll rack up like, 15 to 20 points on my defense almost every week in the playoffs because of it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree. to your point of stashing backups, stashing handcuffs, stash your defenses if you've got enough roster spots. Because, again, your bench doesn't matter at that point. Your bench is just oh. there. Like, it's just there to hold roster, hold guys. Like, yeah, you're not going to drop a very, very good player just so that your opponent can go get him. Of course, I'm not saying that. But we're yeah. saying drop these fringe starters that probably really aren't going to make a big difference and go get guys that if the worst happens, in your case, they will boom, like a Rashad Penny last week, mm. last year. Or in my case, you you're stashing your defenses and looking at opponents played for the next few weeks and thinking, okay, I can do this. And you know, me and AJ on my podcast, we always do this in like week 13 of every season. We're like, okay, who are the defenses you want to start looking at stashing at for your playoffs? And it works every year. So like me and AJ got into a playoff match one year and we were in the finals and we were like, we were just like, try We were like, uh, fighting each other for, for it was fab. So we were like trying to outbid each other for defenses every week of the playoffs because we were like that's our strategies. So 
It works though. It it really does work. I I absolutely love that, and I do that as well. And I couldn't agree more. I think stashing defenses and streaming them and picking the best matchup and optimal matchups and trying to stay one week, two weeks ahead of that is really crucial. The other thing I would say is roster blocking. So mm, you know, if yes. you've got a guy who's streaming quarterback or streaming a position, get in there first. Get the players who they want to be stashing, um, and get them one the two weeks ahead. That's something that you can do. Um, most popular positions to be streamed are quarterback and tight end. So if yep. you can see or identify someone in the playoffs that's streaming quarterback or tight end, and you're scheduled to play them in the first round or second round of the playoffs, jump in one the two weeks early. Go stash the best possible matchup for the best streaming quarterback tight end that week and just kill it on the bench. Yeah, I, I, do it again. Do it with running backs too. Do it uh, running backs. Know, if, if you know you're playing some guy next week and their starter went down, even if you've got three stud running backs and you don't need him, yeah. if your waiver claim is ahead of him, don't let him win. Go get it. Absolutely. Go get him. It's happened to me time and time again, so I will gladly return the favor. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. And I think this is, again, we talk about 1% stuff. This is 1% stuff. This is quite uh, – I don't want to say in the weeds, but this is this is stuff that's like it's like the game within the game. It's the game it's within like, the game. <clears throat> yeah, you know, the game is being played on TV or in the stadiums, you know, whatever, right? And you know, it's being played on the field. And so that you've you've drafted a team, you put your team together, you're started who you started. That's the game. But the the part of the fantasy game is all this, all the ad drop strategies, all the you know, trading stuff and, and how to keep your lineup competitive all season long, which is a grind. So, yeah, it's a lot it, of work. It really is. And if you're playing in 12 leagues, 60 leagues, you're not going to do this in every league. But your home league, the league of records, the ones that really matter to you, the ones that you know what, you need those bragging rights. You need to win that league at all costs. This is the league that you mm-hmm. should try it in because this is the stuff that people don't often talk about people will give you waiver wire tips people will give you players that you should add and drop here and there but no one's talking about the game theory the things that you have to do week in week out to turn average mediocre rosters into championship winning rosters you got to remember that you could finish sixth in your league the amount of times i have finished sixth in the league snuck into the playoffs um and won the league i won a league literally no word of a lie two years ago i went into the playoffs with a six and seven record i got in on points scored Hmm, i literally got in by 19 points scored over the opponent so i got in 19 points scored six and seven record won the playoffs and (laughs) and literally like everyone's like you snuck in with a losing record I got in. It doesn't matter how you get it. Once you once you're in the playoffs, it doesn't matter how you get in. It's all about you being there and maximizing the opportunity. And sometimes when you're that that team that doesn't have quite the juggernaut roster as like the first and second team, yeah. you've been making moves. You've been scratching and clawing to get there. So you might be making a late run. You've got some of those diamonds in the rough that kind of Absolutely. are showing up late. Dude, it happened, I, I feel like it was like five, you know, whenever Odell, like, I think it was his rookie year, whatever year that was, uh, the guy who finished sixth, I think, snatched Odell off the waiver wire because he was like a nobody that year. And it wasn't a nobody, but, like, he wasn't that great, right? And then all of a sudden it was just like, uh, he got Odell and just, I mean, he just blew the top over everybody. He just crushed. Yeah. And so, 
That's what it was. And again, you would have had this with players like Justin Jefferson this rookie year. Um, he was available on waiver wires week four, week five. And if you took a flyer on him, that worked out really well for you. Um, Austin Eckler, these are the sorts of players that end mm-hmm. up becoming studs that were free during the season. They do happen. They, these players do. And every year there is at least six guys who can win you a fantasy football league that were owned or unowned at some point in the season in your league. Absolutely. And it's about identifying who they are. And you know what? The way you got to view this is the more times you go into the pool, the more times you're basically drawing a free lottery ticket. You buy a ticket, didn't work, I'll go and get another one, didn't work, I'll go and get another one. This is. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. The winning lottery ticket. Because yeah. if you're someone that notoriously just doesn't play waiver wire, you love your roster, yeah, my roster's great, you might not win your league. And you might have the best roster. You might have the best points record in your league. It just takes one week for mm-hmm. that to not work. And you're, you're out of it. And, you know, you could have had a team last year that draft you could have had Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, um, uh, Good uh, Cooper. You, you know, <laughs> you could have had a really stud team, and you could have lost to a team with starting running backs that were Rashad Penny and Dario Gumbawale. Like that happened. That, Last that, year was nuts, man. What, All what of the top the ranked teams in my leagues lost. lost. Because exactly. of COVID and injuries, it all happened in the very last like two, three weeks of the season. It, it was nuts. I mean, I was the number three team in Scott Fish throughout the regular season, and I got bounced in the first round. <laughs> I was like, what happened? How like half my team got hurt? Like the first week of the playoffs for me, it was just, it was nuts, man. <coughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, quick question, then I'm going to let you go. Uh, who is the rookie that isn't getting hyped? you're into i feel like there's too many people sleeping on jahan dodson i mean i i do like dodson a lot actually um he probably would like it's hard to say the running back because everybody's hyped like any time a running back even gets like one mention on twitter it's like oh he's a nice guy so like you can't even say like pacheco anymore right like, just, that's gone um i'm trying to think I mean, Pickens is getting a lot of hype right now, so he's probably not one. I, I do like Dotson, though. He's always a guy that that um, he – because of where I live, a lot of Penn State games were on TV, and my wife's a Penn State fan, and so we watched a lot of the games. He just – the separation isn't there, but the dude has an amazing catch radius. He just aggressively goes and gets the ball. Um the I mean the only worry right is that offense Carson Wentz is sort of meh. Um, I mean I'll I'll tell you I'm still kind of on the Burks train. I know that you know oh, yeah. his his draft capital is probably still relatively high, but there's enough people that are just out on him because of all the camp speak. 
this guy's too talented to suck this bad, in my opinion. I just so I'm still going to draft him, um, maybe slightly earlier than where he's been going um, in in most leagues because he has been falling. So, um, like the negative hype for him is is probably why I would why I would say him, but. Dotson's a great one. I like that one. I, I like Dotson. Uh, what's Dotson's ownership? Um, oh, Dotson, I just closed it. <laughs> Dotson's ownership is 56%. So I don't think we can really call him a sleeper. Um, but he is someone who is... Uh, I mean, like for for that high in ownership for a rookie, that's quite high. Um, I mean, maybe maybe a Velas I mean, that's Jones, the rookie, that's only because the... there's nobody else on... <laughs> I can't, I can't get into that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two guys that are less I wanna say less than ten percent owned. I'm just gonna check that. Yeah, definitely less than ten percent owned. I'm gonna give you two guys, one's five percent owned and one's four uh six percent owned. Wide receiver five percent owned Kyle Phillips of Tennessee. Um now listen, I'm not predicting him to be a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two. Hmm. This guy's going to start for Tennessee, right? They're going to play a lot of three wide. He's going to be the wide receiver three there. It's not going to be um, Innsbruck Akeen uh, or whatever his name is. And, uh, you know, Burks is not... I mean, Burks will get there whether he plays week one, wherever he sits out. I'm not really bothered. I put this on Twitter. Justin Jefferson didn't start week one, um, and he went on to be a rookie of the year. So I think whether Burke starts week one or not doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He, 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 hmm. They traded AJ Brown away and and drafted Burks. Like, Burks is going to play. Whether he starts week one or not, it doesn't matter. It re- you're not drafting Jalen Burks to be a star week 100% one. 100% agree. Don't worry about it. Kyle Phillips is going to play. He's going to play. He's going to get a lot of snaps. He's got a great opportunity there. And he's going to be relevant. He's someone that, <laughs> I think, again, he's 95% free in rosters. Um, so he's someone who's a very deep play, but I do think he's going to have relevance. Tight end position, Daniel Ballinger. He's the starter at tight end for the Giants. Now, Tough for you, me to buy in our rookie tight ends, but... Yeah, 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 but you're think, I'm thinking long-term play. I'm thinking dynasty. Right? Yeah, I don't, right. I don't sitting here thinking that he's going to be, like, an absolute stud, like, in, in year one. But at the same point, who's catching balls in, in New York? Kenny Galladay, who goes missing. <laughs> Kadarius Tony, who... Gets hurt. <laughs> gets hurt, slash isn't really popular with the current regime after they look to maybe take off as trade him. Um, Sterling Shepard's always hurt. So you got Wondell Robinson in the slot. Yeah. Fine. He's, he's competing with Wondell Robinson, a bunch of guys who don't really do much and Darius Slayton. And and then the backfield, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Who gets hurt? Like I, I'm looking at the guys that he's potentially, so Kadarius, Tony, K- uh, Kelly Yolley, Wondell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, don't worry about Stoke Shepard. Darius Slayton, David Sills, Richie James. Well, yeah, I'm not worried about them. That's what I mean. There's not that many players on that I... roster they're going to get a lot, especially when we're talking red zone. So now we're talking red zone usage. Who's getting the red zone targets there? It's not Golladay. So maybe Tony. Yeah. Robinson's I, not getting I think the so problem he's gonna, I think the he, problem is Daniel Jones there. I don't I don't love that that offense no. in general, but I got one for you. Alec Go Pierce on. for Indianapolis. Oh, I do. That's I love one. him a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's he's been like in the industry drafts that I've been in, he's been climbing up the board, but I do see that his roster percentage uh is pretty low still. 
um, yeah. as low as, you know, it's, I think it's high, like 11% right now. So he, he's a guy who, you know, coming over from Cincinnati is explosive. All of his player profiler, um, you know, metrics are in the, like the 90th percentile outside of the agility score. I mean, the, the dude's an incredible athlete. Um, so he's just a guy who I think, you know, he will probably be the two to Pittman. Um, yeah. Because we can't trust Campbell anymore, Paris Campbell, as much as we want to, and we like him. It's just not going to happen. So I like him as as kind of a a guy who's not getting a lot of love outside the industry circles that that I've been uh, listening to. I think we've given uh, listeners quite a a lot of names here and a lot of people to digest. I think uh, if you're listening Mm -hmm. to this, probably want to take some notes. Uh, But Joe, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Tell everyone where they can find you and interact with you on Twitter and the site once more. Um, Because, yeah, you've dropped some great knowledge on the show. Uh, I think we've all got a little bit smarter listening to you today. Appreciate it, man. And thanks again for having me on. had a good time. Uh, Again, for everybody listening, Twitter is at F6P underscore Joe, the number six, not the not spelled out. Uh, fantasy six pack dot net. That is all spelled out. Unfortunately, that is confusing me. We should fix that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so again, the, the big thing this year is we've got our memberships. Sign up for that all access plan where you can get everything that we're going to be offering on the site as well as the discord. And that's the big thing. You guys can hit us up directly on discord. We'll be doing all, all of our uh, ask me anythings uh, all, all year long. I'll probably be doing one a week uh, during the season. And yeah, that's, you know, we just want to help you win your leagues uh, as well as we can. Love that. Rush Nation, right. make sure you go and give Joe a follow. Don't forget, you can still buy the playbook on Amazon. It's like £12.30, I think it is now. So it's quite a significant drop from uh, where it was. So go hit that up if you're in drafts or even for the in-season management stuff. And some of the stuff I talked about in the show is in that book. So uh, do pick it up for that. Uh, we'll be back again next week just to get you ready for week one. Wave of Wire podcast will start next week as well for week one. Make sure you tune in that. You've already got a bit of a sneak preview, but uh, I'll go through in a much shorter format. Some guys to consider for your week one Wave of Wires. I'm pretty sure Kenyon Drake is going to be in that list, but we'll tell you more on Monday. Uh, but until next time, don't forget, as always, keep rushing. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.